Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is January the 29th, and we have a podcast today, which mm-hmm. is discussing bum, 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 yes. Zillow. And all the changes that they're doing. There's For, a, a lot of chatter online about this. There is a lot of chatter online, and um, we're going to do our best to clarify and go through the specifics of what is happening now with Zillow and essentially them becoming a national real estate brokerage and uh, being your primary competitor in a lot of your markets and all the little things they're going to be doing to uh, essentially try to get in between you and your customers. We've been warning you guys about this forever and here's really the bottom line. If you're one of the agents that's been feeding your competitor, i.e. Zillow, as they've been essentially spinning up to become uh, a broker down the street that's going to try to take your business, well, you didn't listen. You kept on spending money with them because you were didn't know how to generate your own buyer leads well you're going to unfortunately probably suffer the worst because what we're seeing and this is again what we've been telling you guys about for years now is that zillow inevitably was going to get in the brokerage business they had to continue to show value to their shareholders there was only so many different you know parallels they could be getting into in the selling agent space selling agent leads space and of course they're going to get into the brokerage business and when they pivoted aggressively towards the i buyer space julie and i said straight up you listen to our past podcast, there was zero chance they're not going to be getting into the real estate brokerage business because we knew, and you guys should hopefully know by now, that one of the primary benefits of the iBuyer space is it turns off a lot of, it creates a lot of uh, seller leads. And those seller leads then, you know, you run an ad for an iBuyer type situation where a seller can wholesale their house or sell it at a discount, pay a convenience fee, as Julie and I've coined it, to sell the house without the normal, you know, let's be honest, hassles of retailing a house. And a lot of sellers are going to be willing to do that. You know, financially, if they have the cash flow and they can maybe leave a couple, you know, 20 grand or 30 grand on the table and not have to deal with all the, you know, the showings and the conditioning of the house and all that. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be willing to pay that. And you should not be surprised because very rarely, despite what you might think, very rarely is the most important thing to the seller the uh, the price. Most sellers, most everyone, you included listeners, are more focused on essentially stress-free, convenience, hassle-free, and you're going to be more than willing to pay for that. And that's what these iBuyers uh, represent to consumers. But our focus has always been agents, brokerage, the actual real estate industry, boots on the ground, entrepreneurs, all of you folks. So We've been warning you that it's inevitable that Zillow is going to get into the brokerage business. And of course, they are now in the brokerage business and they're going to be coming to a hypothetical street corner, either real or virtual near you uh, sometime soon. It's going to be called Zillow Homes. This is not made up. This is not speculative. It will be Zillow Homes. Right. And so what is the advantage that Zillow has in the marketplace? A huge advantage. Many places in the country, people will often refer to searching for a house online. They don't even say searching. They replaced it with the word Zillowing. I'm going to Zillow. Zillow has created in a really relatively short period of time a stellar brand. And from a consumer perspective, their interface, and let's you know give credit where credit is due, they have become a very, very effective company that's uh, servicing consumers, right? 
So uh, the consumer interface on their app and their phone is vastly superior to anything else that's out there, including Realtor.com. And, you know, we can bemoan history all we want to, but the reality of it is that is what it is. So now that uh, Zillow is officially in the brokerage business and they're going to be competing with you, I want to be very clear in case we have not been clear about this before. One of the main benefits of running an iBuyer program from a lead generation perspective is you're going to get a lot of sellers that would consider the iBuyer, be willing to pay the convenience fee, then decide not to and decide to retail the house. Now, a lot of you are aware that, and again, hopefully you are aware because you've been listening to us, that Zillow is then going to be feeding those resale leads to their in-house agents, and then they're going to be listing those as resales. In some markets, they're still selling those leads to agents at like a ridiculous referral fee, but that's going to be ending soon. So what you're going to be looking at is a sea change in the way uh, essentially Zillow interacts with you because they're taking the gloves off and you're going to see they've had big gnarly fists hiding underneath those nice little velvet gloves for over a, you know 14 years now and you've just not even wanted to realize it. Now a lot of you have realized it but you just didn't care because you didn't know of any other way to generate your own business because you didn't know how to generate listing leads. Zillow's Achilles heel has always been that they have to essentially appease the real estate industry because at the time they were in a real estate brokerage and they had then they had like I think it was Julie five or hundred or thousand or I don't remember individual relationships with individual brokerages mm -hmm. to get their individual listings fees. Yes. So Zillow had to go out to the marketplace and go directly to brokers mm -hmm. and sort of bypass the whole MLS system so they could have yeah. listings on their site. But that was a competitive disadvantage yes. to them because Realtor.com always had the newest listings because Realtor.com obviously was plugged into all the MLSs, you know, you guys understand. So if you are searching for truly the latest information, you go to Realtor.com. And Realtor.com would often use that in their marketing messages to consumers that our information is going to be obviously more timely than, you know, say, for example, Zillow. Well, that's not true anymore. So the advantage that uh, Realtor.com had as a search portal is gone. And so maybe they've basically been complacent and that's the reason they didn't ever make their technology as advanced in their, you know, user interfaces, uh, sophisticated and frankly elegant and oftentimes just so much better than uh, Realtor.com. They probably have been complacent because they knew they had the upper hand in terms of the actual um, you know, content, the data, but now they don't. And now you don't. And now Zillow is going to be essentially um, all their disadvantages that they had in consumer search as far as real estate goes is gone. And they're going to be operating on an even keel with Realtor.com and all the brokerage sites. All right, now fast forward. If they're in your marketplace right now, and they're going to start advertising aggressively, their iBuyer program. And maybe they're going to even put it on a friendlier consumer face on it. They're going to have some, you know, who knows what nice warm and fuzzy name that's going to, it's Zillow Hugs or something, you know. <laughs> Ew. Zillow, Zillow <laughs> Hugs. And they're going to have a nice grandma that's going to give you a big oh, hug. I know. Well, After all, it rhymes with pillow. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Julie, are you worried about selling your house? Let Zillow Hugs take care of all the stress I for you. I can just see it. Whatever. No, It'll be brilliant, whatever they I'm do. I'm sure. Yeah. And so then what's going to happen is they're then going to start peeling off seller leads. And those seller leads are going to be people that maybe would have otherwise called you. And maybe they're your centers of influence and past clients, your neighbors. Just out of curiosity, they're going to you know, be interested in this Zillow service. And then what Zillow is going to do is once that consumer is caught in their ecosystem, then Zillow then can obviously try to pivot them towards being a normal listing. Okay, so take a breath for a second because you're speaking quickly and you have a deep knowledge base on this. And we have some freshly licensed listeners and we have some new podcast listeners. And then we have a whole bunch of agents that have been around a long time but have kind of ignored this Should thing. I simplify it? 
Well, I, Zillow, I, yeah. Zillow bad. Zillow bad. Okay. You good. You good. Protect Zillow thyself. Bad. Don't do business with Zillow. Okay. Zillow bad. But so here's the thing, because agents love to um, just declare something like, you know, well, who's going to take an offer like that? Who's going to take a wholesale offer from Zillow? That's that's a bunch of BS. Everybody okay? does. But here's the thing. That's not the point. The point is they're generating listing leads, right? Don't be short-sighted. You don't miss the point. The point is generating listing leads. And the salient point to you is what Tim just said. Some of your past clients, your center of influence, are going to either call them directly or be called by them and be tempted by such offers. And now they're in Zillow's ecosystem, not in yours. Right. Okay? And so, now- so that goes to job one, make sure you're talking to your database. And job two, make sure that you have something like this to compete. And I right. Well I know where you're going with that. And I'll yes. I'll follow you down that path okay. in a second. But but here's the thing is that uh once Zillow you're now some of you arrogantly are saying and I'm look guys, Julie and I are ultra competitive, but you've got to give credit where credit is due. This was always their plan from day one. The founders of this company brag about, you know, Expedia, disintermediating mm-hmm. uh, travel agents. Now, again, I'm, my mind's going in three different directions right now, but I just want to make this really clear. They are your competitor. Don't, they're not your partner. Stop doing business with them. Learn how to generate your own listing leads. Stop buying buyer leads. There's, and for the love of God, talk to your people before somebody else does. Right. Because what Zillow is going to inevitably do, and we told you last week, they're searching for the least amount that they have to co-op to get the houses to sell. And I'm going to say this in a different way. When you go to the MLS now in your marketplace, whatever the co-op is, is what the co-op is, right? You search in the MLS and there's whatever the co-op commission is. Well, what Zillow did in Atlanta, and I think it was Arizona, wasn't it? I believe it was Phoenix. Is they searched for the bottom as far as what, how little they could co-op in order to get, and basically uh, still have the listing sell you know, through the MLS. And what they discovered was it was barely 2%. And so what Zillow is going to do, listen to what we're telling you, is they're going to be, you're going to be competing with Zillow. Zillow is going to send in a salaried employee and they're going to then take the listing. There's no listing commission then. Are you guys following me? And then they've now figured out that they can actually co-op less than what a normal co-op would be. Um, you know, if they'd listed with a traditional real estate agent, let's say, that means they're going to have a competitive advantage against you on the listings that go retail that the sellers don't end up wanting to basically sell through their iBuyer portal. That is the way that this this company- can't you just see them selling that to the seller that you don't have to pay 6%? Right. Right? I mean, that's going to be their USP. Exactly. So this is the way forward for this company. This is what they're going to do in marketplaces. They have not been aggressive like this before because they had to appease their customers, which were you guys who were silly enough to buy business from them. Right, so they did not want to overstep along the way, and there were so many people where Zillow's never going to get into the brokerage business. Of course, they are going to get into the brokerage business. Of course, they're going to, you know, do what they said they weren't going to do because they have to because they have to keep growing to keep up with the ridiculous valuations they have on their publicly traded stock. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through point by point what this is, what IDEX is, and, and we're going to go quickly, Julie. Try to. You know, don't not read all this. No, I won't. And, and we're using an article written by our friend Jay Thompson on Inman as a basis for today's show. But before we get to point number one, in case you've forgotten point number one, Zillow bad. Okay. <laughs> but I want you guys to remember, if you've not downloaded your real estate treasure map yet, please text 2021 to 855-685-1045. 
text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And then you can download your real estate treasure map, your 12 monthly generation plan. And I think it's four other books that we created for you. It's free. There's no obligation, no strings attached, no monkey business. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And Julie, to the point you were trying to tee me up for a second ago, let's not forget when we go through this to give them solution to the problem. Yes, absolutely. Which you and I know the solution plan. to the problem. Their action plan. So stay tuned as Julie goes through this. Um, and uh, thank you, uh, Jay Thompson, and thank you, Inman, for uh, giving us a backbone for today's podcast. Yes. So a little piece of education because we're throwing some terms around here. What is IDEX? So we're talking about uh, Zillow's shift to IDEX. That's I-D-X. It's short for Internet Data Exchange. In simple terms, IDX or IDX is how listing data gets from an MLS to an agent, broker, or franchise website. If you have a home search on your website, it's powered sufficient. by IDX. That's sufficient. But that's, you know, it yeah. just basically promulgates the information. Internet Data Exchange, and that's what it stands for. So the, the moral of the story here is this is IDEX. This conversation has been out forever. But really, your take for newbies and you, people that don't know. Right, your takeaway is is when you load something up in your uh, local MLS, then the local MLS basically feeds it to Realtor.com in essence, and then all other members of the MLS system, which are all your competitors, then have your listings on their website. And it's worth noting too, mm-hmm. those of you guys who have been in bed with Zillow for so long and have been spending so much of your time doing things like reviews, and one of our primary coaching competitors and. Some of them, you guys get your feathers ruffled when we talk like this, but I don't really care because you need to hear the truth. We told you guys not to create profiles on Zillow. We told you that that is essentially empowering your competitor and that one day that's going to be used against you. And guess what Zillow has been proven now what they're doing? You, those of you who have built all these reviews on Zillow and you've been using that in your marketing, you are essentially, all your marketing for all these years, when you're putting your five-star Zillow reviewed or you know 27,000 know, Zillow reviews at the bottom of all your marketing, you now have been promoting your new competitor. Congratulations. Now what Zillow going to do to reward you is they're actually removing your home sales data from their website. They're actually removing your reviews. We have to assume that's going to be coming next. Uh, And why wouldn't they? Zillow is your competitor. Why would Zillow be promoting a competing listing agent, let's say, for example, from ABC Real Estate on their website? They won't. So all your positive reviews and all of your home sales data is going to be scraped off. So this is one of the primary reasons, again, we told you to never invest in Zillow because they are your competitor. A brilliant consumer interface to be sure, but they are your competitor. And yes, you do need reviews. And the best way for you to guys get, to get reviews is Google Business and just essentially put reviews on um, like a Facebook business page, a video. You don't have to invest in Zillow. Zillow is the beast that all of you have fed. And now that it's coming home and it's going to roost in a lot of your businesses because you've never learned how to create your own business through being a proactive lead generator. Yes. So does this change? How does this change how Zillow actually displays listings? By using IDEX feed, Zillow has to agree to display listings per the IDEX policy and local MLS regulations. The most significant change is probably that Zillow won't be able to display its advertising agents. It's funny that you actually call them that now. No, Jay Uh, does. Jay's being honest. Okay, his advertising agents prominently on a listing display. Uh, so let's see. IDEX rules only require the listing bro- listing brokerage to be displayed, and many IDEX enabled sites leave off the listing agent and bury the brokerage name well down the listing page. 
one can always display more than IDIC's rules require, but not less. Well, the other slimy thing that they do is when you have a listing, if you want your name to appear by the listing that is yours on their website, you had to pay them actually just to get it up there. I, I'm pretty sure that's still going on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, it's good business on their behalf, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, if agents were willing to pay them and Zillow created really what was the ultimate search portal for consumers, and Zillow's right to monetize these things as many ways sure. as they want. they're running a business. Yeah, they are. Well, they grew an amazing, a brilliant business. Sure, of course. They have, but it's not, again... Point number one. What was point number one? Zillow bad. There you go. You guys good. Keep going. <laughs> okay. How can Zillow have a form that sends contacts to a non-listing agent? Is this too wonky, Jilly? Uh, you want probably. To skip this? I don't know that this necessarily affects them on that. Um, no. Zillow have does to Zillow, join no, our... that one does. Okay. Does Does Zillow have to be a member of MLS to get uh, IDEX feed? Yes, because remember they're a brokerage now, so they're a member of the MLS. IDEX is uh, it uses limited to MLS participants. Uh, Participation. <laughs> Sorry, I need more coffee right there. Oh, so, Zillow, so Zillow will have to join your MLS to receive IDEX feed. Does Zillow have to join uh, the you know National Association of Realtors? Some MLSs require NAR membership. Some do not because Zillow is joining MLSs. Uh, it'll also have to join NAR. A quick search of the NAR uh, member directory confirms it's already a member in many locations. Now I'm going to stop well, there. More proof that they're serious <laughs> about this. Actually, Jay, no, they don't have a choice, Julie. I, they, I know. Right. Yeah. They don't have a choice. I know. Right. Totally so if Zillow is a member of NAR, we'll have to uphold the code of ethics, of course. No NAR membership category. Uh, the code of ethics doesn't apply here. Right. If So that's one of the fallbacks that essentially Zillow has been able to, you know, hang their hat on before with how mm -hmm. they monetized their website is being that they weren't officially a brokerage. They didn't have to abide by essentially display rules, the rules on the website. Right. Mm -hmm. So now this is Jay's actually touching on something here, which is kind of funny. If it violates the code of ethics, can if it, it if it if Zillow violates the code of ethics, can I file a complaint? Of course, use whatever procedure is in your area. Like any ethics complaint, you'll have to specify which article of the code it is violating with evidence to support that claim. Remember, I hate it and its business model is not a violation of the code of ethics. You do have to be specific. But it is interesting that I'm sure one of the things that Zillow was wanting to avoid forever oh, sure, is sure. having to get caught in the kangaroo courts, aka, uh -huh. AKA the, uh, sure. you know, essentially all of this stuff. And that's yep. exactly what's going to happen. I think Cause, so. Because realtors are going to, you know, file a mess of complaints constantly, mm -hmm. valid or not, mm -hmm. about Zillow. And Zillow is going to have to have an army of people to defend them on all the MLSs yep. and the National Association of Realtors. Mm -hmm. And those national, now that they're a member of the National Association of Realtors and the local MLSs, those companies, those entities have tremendous power over a real estate brokerage. For example, if you file a complaint against Zillow in your particular state, Zillow the brokerage in your particular state, for some violation and the state actually sides with, you know, against Zillow in that particular thing, Zillow can have their license suspended. All the nasty they're, things. They're subject to everything you guys are subject right. to. Right. So all the nasty things that can happen to you are not going to be able to happen to Zillow. And I do not doubt for a second, there are not going to be agents and brokerages that are not going to use every opportunity possible to take advantage of the, you know, essentially the shadow legal system, if you want to call it that, that governs, um, you know, licensees. Mm -hmm. In addition to just normal, you know, normal laws, you're now dealing with a lot of, you know, regulations and yeah. codes of ethics and all this rest of it that Zillow is now going to have That's to right. wade through that they haven't had to no, before. But to Jay's point, crying, it's not fair, doesn't count, okay? <laughs> Even though we agree with you, that's not an ethics violation. Well, and that's, that's why we want to show you the action plan for you guys to deal with this. But it is fair, truthfully. Yeah. What Zillow did was not unfair. I, I'm saying from the reactionary oh, agent from the point, agent, of, right. point of view. Right. You know? Like Zillow was getting a listing from me because they had tools that I didn't have. Exactly. It's not fair. Well, we're going to 
give you guys a solution to that in a second. Yep. Um, okay, this next one, Julia, is important. Can I opt out of displaying my listings on Zillow? Yes, if you opt out of IDEX entirely. Doing that means you can't put any IDEX listings on your site, regardless of the source. It also means your listings won't be displayed on any IDEX-enabled site, not just Zillow, okay? IDEX rules don't let you pick and choose which brokerages and MLS participants can display your listings. The Department of Justice and Antitrust and Restraint uh, Trade Laws uh, frown on that sort of thing. So it's basically all in or not in. Uh, like it or not, Zillow now has brokerage licenses in all 50 states and D.C. It's currently displaying listings pulled from IDEX feeds, not individual data sharing agreements. It has the same listing info and quality you'll find on any agent brokerage or franchise site. Let's see. And remember, they're an NAR member. Well, they're following the yeah. same, you know, same code of ethics that applies to you applies to them. At some point, it will also become the broker of record on homes it purchases and relists through its iBuying arm, Zillow Homes. Uh, I'm reading what else he has to say here. Yeah, I like. I, I, I think it's funny how uh, uh, Jay actually sort of, you know, nicely talks about the fact that he. Uh, it's obvious that the industry on a whole is going to be using the fact that Zillow now has to be governed by the same rules and oh, regulations. Take it's going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm reading between the lines of what you just read. Oh, yeah. But so, and you know, this last bit. The reason this is important is because I, you, and I both know. Uh, very powerful brokerages and top producing agents and teams that have decided not to put their listings on the mm -hmm. on, on the MLS anymore. Yep. And thus basically have made it so they've ended up controlling their market share. Mm -hmm. There is a very famous agent in uh, Philadelphia named Alan Dom. Yes. And Alan Dom, um, I'll just give you He's guys- He's still around, I believe. Oh, of course. Yeah. Alan, uh, people like Alan, they never die. They yeah. stay around <laughs> forever, right? <laughs> so, so Alan Dom, the story with him is in essence, he started selling, and if I get any of the facts wrong, Alan was very, very famous in the uh, 90s mostly and into the 2000s. but. Um, famous in that he people were admiring his business model because his his business model was so pure. And I'll tell you, let me just kind of bounce yeah. around a little bit just so you can get a, get a sense of this guy and you can Google him. So he started selling um, condos in these condo buildings that were in Philadelphia. And the story goes that he went from essentially dominating one building to the next to the next. And what D Alan would do essentially is he would sit in front of his phone and he had two or three people that were dialing the phone for him. This is before auto dialers, guys. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe he just liked the more personal touch of having a personal person, you know, a real person call and make the contact. And so then what they would do is they'd call and, uh, someone in the building and they'd say, please hold for a call from Alan Dom. He has something he wants to share with you. And then Alan would then maybe wrap up one quick call and then pick up another one, pick up another one. He'd go through calling basically every people, every person in this building. And he was, I'm sure, telling him about sales data and maybe a buyer that's looking or things like that. So he did that every single day. And as far as I know, I don't think he ever did anything beyond that. Well, he became so dominant in this in this first building that he then expanded to more and more buildings to the point where he controlled like blocks in Philadelphia. I mean, this is, I'm probably meandering into the myth of Alan Don, but this is the story as I remember it. We definitely need to get him on our podcast. Yeah. So uh, he then stopped putting all of his stuff in the MLS. Yeah, he became his own MLS. Basically. He did. He you did. wanted one of those buildings, you had to go to him. <laughs> That's right. You wanted anything he has for sale, you had to go through him. Now, he would co-op with you if you were an agent who had a buyer who wanted to buy in one of his buildings, but you had to go through him. So he wasn't playing by this IDEX rules, and he wasn't allowing Zillow to basically grab hold of, or anybody, for Realtor.com for that matter, or any competing brokerages, to essentially market uh, his listings, his work product, to their buyers to essentially you know dilute the actual 
uh, result for his business. Now, you guys are saying, how is that right for the consumer? How is that right for the seller? Well, it's because here's the simple fact. There has never been a single study that's ever proven that more exposure on a house for sale causes the house to sell faster for with less ha- for you know, for any less hassle and for any more money. In other words, there's no real proof that it actually benefits the seller to have it on a whole bunch of different websites. Now, does that surprise many of you? I bet it does because it flies in the face of the current zeitgeist that more exposure and more noise equals better <laughs> results. It does not. That is not true. Well, how about some proof right here in our backyard, Puerto Rico? No MLS, no massive amount of exposure. Things have, what have our markets been like 100% year over year? in price, you know, increase and there's there's virtually no advertising. Right. And what people do in markets like where we live and where Alan lives and by the way, this is how real estate's done in a lot of the world. If you go mm-hmm. to England, if you go to France, if you go to Italy, if you go to Germany, you don't there is no MLS. The MLS thing is a unique thing. I think Australia has something similar. Canada. Canada and the United States. And by the way, the co-op with the you know with the automatic, you know, payment to the buyer's agent, that's something that's unique to North America as well prominently. So what you're looking at is essentially a market that's going to start being um, split into what our prediction is, mm-hmm. is that people are just going to decide to no longer participate in the MLSs and IDEX. And they're going to essentially, once they have market dominance, they're then going to basically decide not to share with co-ops. Now, I know that's scary for a lot of you and it should be. And so you're actually asking yourself if what you're saying is true, or maybe it's only 50% true, Tim and Julie, which should I be doing? And here's a simple answer. Number one, <laughs> well, I should say it again, Zillow, Bad, you good. (laughs) Number two, and I don't mean Zillow bad in the truest sense. I'm trying to be funny, but you guys get the point, right? Zillow is your competitor. They're not your friend. They want to take business away from you. They want your customers. They want all the listings. They want all the listings, all right? So, yeah, they're like the Borg from Star Trek. Number two, um, you have to learn how to be a listing agent. You have to learn how to be a listing agent that's a proactive lead generator. And if you don't do that, your future, look, you might still sell some houses, but your profit from those houses is going to be terrible. Some of you guys have normalized in your minds that transactions always come with referral fees. Some of you have gotten so used to paying referral fees. I'm going to tell you about... Uh, because I'm uh, you know, old enough to remember that not so long ago that it was normal for you to take a listing and not have to pay a referral fee to somebody. It was normal not to have to have 10 third parties in your pocket every time you did a transaction. So learn how to be a listing agent. Learn how to be a proactive lead generator. Learn how to go directly after the sellers like Zillow is, and then you won't have to deal with essentially the pain and suffering that's going to happen from the people that continue to bury their heads in the sand. And I don't even want to get on my soapbox about all the silliness that people spend their time on. The bottom line is learn how to be a proactive lead generator who's focused on being a listing agent. That's number uh, point number two. Point number three, you have to immediately align with a brokerage that offers iBuyer. If you do not, you are going to absolutely be irrelevant in the marketplace. I cannot say it any more clearer than that. If you're competing against, let's, let's just you know continue to, you know, Bash Zillow here. If you're continuing, and I don't mean that again because I admire that company, extraordinary company. But if you are going to be competing against Zillow and there the seller is trying to decide between you and Zillow. And with Zillow, they're being offered a plan B in the event that the house doesn't sell or if their motivation is more aggressive or maybe they they go through five showings and they can't deal with the hassle anymore and say just yep. they, they want an option to flip the switch to do the iBuyer offer. If you're not offering iBuyer, some iBuyer option, how are you going to compete? 
How are you going to compete when Open Door basically, you know, starts aligning with some other company? How are you going to compete as more people and brokerages start deciding to figure out some version of an iBuyer program? You can't. You're going to be irrelevant. You're going to walk into a, um, a listing appointment and you're not going to have the ability to solve the problem that the seller perceives that they have. If you got the call in the first place. Which you won't because you're not going to basically be aggressive enough to know how uh, you're, the system, the ecosystem you're caught in won't be capturing those leads and the offers that will be coming from your competitors will be seductive enough that even your mom will consider doing business with Zillow. Yeah. I, my mom definitely would. <laughs> Absolutely. So would mine. So here's the thing. There, there's several levels. I can to this, just imagine right? your mom calling. Hi, Julie. <laughs> it's mom. I don't know how to tell you this, but. Uh, I sold the house to Zillow. We sold the house to Zillow. Come get your crap out of the basement. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Yeah, that's, was, that's, that's worse than when a relative tells you that they're fizzboing. Love right? you, honey. Give Zoe a kiss. <laughs> Click. I know. That's exactly what happened. Totally. And but, not just us either. To you guys, if you don't get on the stick here. But it, it you know, because that's what's best for her for janet right. in our particular example well right? and and listen even if it's not she again to our earlier point just became a listing lead right that will immediately be flipped over to a zillow in-house agent before you even have the conversation maybe now if you do you have to make sure that your that your answer is not oh i'm sorry we can't offer that for you yeah that's right then the seller is going to in essence well to joy's point you won't even get called out in the first place and if you do and you're not offering what the seller what the seller considers to be a value which is an i buyer option or you know some more seductive offer that i'm sure zilla is going to be putting together you're you might get called out but you are definitely not getting that listing but it's our suggestion you won't even be called out because they're going to pick off your leads in their own ecosystem called zillow.com mm-hmm. which you guys helped to build Now, so here's your solution. We just gave you one and two. Now here's point number three. You have to align with a brokerage that offers an iBuyer so that when you walk into that um, you know, competitive situation, you're going to at least be able to match, if not beat Zillow. How many real estate brokerages out there are at scale offering an iBuyer that's designed for agents? There's only one. It's called EXP Realty. EXP Realty, when you join, you do have to get certified to do this. What's it called again? Express Offers. Express Offers. You have to be Express Offers certified. And when you're Express Offers certified, you can walk into a seller's house. You can market Express Offers. You can do exactly what Zillow does and match them toe-to-toe in the competitive boxing ring of a competitive listing appointment. And not with your own money, okay? Not with your own money. This is investor money, so don't freak out. And get this, guys. You You bring them a listing to buy. You, again, you're going to have the exact same value proposition as Zillow. You bring them a, a listing to buy, they're going to pay you commission on you essentially helping them buy that house at a discount. And then you're guaranteed the listing when they're done rehabbing it to put it it's back for better. sale. It's better. Do you guys get this? So when you're with EXP Realty and you walk into a listing appointment and you are competing against someone with an iBuyer, you're like, I got that. No problem. Right. Why talk to them? I can give you an express offer right now. Right. So, Mr. And by the way, those of you who are in EXP Realty, if you're not telling your marketplace that if you're not express offer certified and if you're not telling your marketplace that you can have that as an offer, you are missing the boat because you're, guys, is Zillow and Open Door not proven to you that the market wants this? They have, obviously. So, would you please get uh, express offer certified and would you please start letting the world know that you can offer that and put that into your listing appointment? It's easy to do, by the way. The way, I think it takes less than a week of training. And yeah, it costs virtually nothing. And we teach you how to, guys, yeah. in all our coaching program, uh, we teach you how to do all of this.
this. We teach you how to present it. We teach you how to market it. We teach you know what, to, what to say. We All the stuff that you need to know so you can be competitive, that's what we do. Now, point number four, I believe. Mm-hmm. So are they really clear on that? Did I make that really I stinking hope so. clear? I think so. Okay. So you guys at least have to put eyes on eXp Realty. And yes, Julie and I are with eXp Realty. And yes, we'd love to have you as part of our eXp Realty team. And yes, we'd love to sponsor you at eXp Realty. And I know a lot of you are going to text me, but that's okay. Go ahead and do so now at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And let's have a conversation about you joining Julie and I at eXp. Now, point number four. Yes. And this is really critical. And I, even as I say this, I actually I can feel my tonality changing because I'm so amazed and impressed that this that EXP, frankly, is doing mm-hmm. this. So sort of not really being given a lot of attention, but what Zillow or what EXP is doing is they're actually, they bought a national search, I think it's Showcase or something, I National IDEX right. Showcase or something. But they bought this, you know, national uh, IDEX company that was essentially top of the game, one of the best ones, if not the best one out there, providing brokerages with this uh, you know, this ability. And what they're doing, and they're not talking about it in the usual Glenn Sanford low-key way, he's creating what's probably going to be the Zillow Killer app. And he's going to create this for eXp agents. Remember how I told you guys the idea here is that you need to be pulling those leads. Essentially, consumers are going to go to the Zillow website. Go there now. And you're going to see on Zillow's website, there's a very clear path for them to try to convert you into a listing lead. Well, you can pretty much guess that eXp is going to do the same thing, if not better. It has more advantages than uh, Zillow ever will. Why? Because there's 42,000 boots on the ground uh, for eXp Realty, growing to hundreds of thousands. And if you have that many agents, especially if they start getting express offers certified, there is nobody that can compete with eXp. And if you add to that, the eXp is going to have, hopefully, what will be a more compelling consumer experience on the search portal. In other words, Zillow.com has a real competitor, which Realtor.com could arguably be one, but the numbers tell us that it's not. But if eXp Realty can can create and will create a national search search portal that essentially bests Zillow, then you see the rules being changed. Now, the nice thing about what eXp will do is they're not going to essentially monetize the eXp listing agents listings for the sake of selling buyer leads. I don't know how they're going to do it. But if I watching how this company operates, I'll tell you what I predict. They're just going to create this product for the betterment of the agents. My suggestion is is that the leads that do come from that are going to go prominent you're going to go right where they should go back to the listing agents who worked and earned the right to be the listing agent and then if for some reason there might be some uh, widget where the buyers can then basically, where buyers agents can then maybe pick up leads that the listing agents don't want or something. Well, and remember, EXP is owned by agents. Right. Zillow is not. Exactly. It's, it's very much more agent centric. So consumers are Zillow's customers. EXP's customers are you guys, our agents. Do you see the difference here? So if you're going to be relevant going forward, and if you want to have an unfair advantage in your marketplace, we just gave you the pathway forward. Anything else you'd like to say? Don't ignore this. Don't make it too late. I mean, I already have uh, many of our coaching clients have said they've been in front of sellers where the sellers have said, I like what you have to say, but I want to see an instant offer first yep. before totally. I make my decision. And our smart agents say, let me meet or beat that with our with our express offers. Right? And some of your guys, it's already happening. And some of your guys' is a little ad hoc way of saying, well, I've got investors that can buy it. It's not no, the same. Not anymore. That was okay a couple of years ago. Right. I look at this from a coaching standpoint. I look at this as really like standard objection number three or four. Like they're used to hearing commission objections and stuff like that. 
And you guys, you know, if you're in coaching, you know how to deal with that. Well, this has cropped up maybe even higher than that. I want to know what I, you know, how can I get out of this faster? What's what's the convenience of can doing that? Can you do that? me a favor? Yeah. On the dry erase board behind you, we need to update the guaranteed home sale page to reflect this, right? Or give it Turn an Turn it into an express. Yeah, get, well, for EXP agents, right? Give them an optional page. You can just do it right there, Jules. Right there, right there, right there. Yep, good. All right, so there you guys go. So pay attention to what we're saying. Um, this is relevant. This will be even more relevant probably in six months as they, uh, you know, get more of a bite on the market. Notice how consumer behavior is going to change really fast. Zillow is already synonymous with the word searching for real estate. So as long as those things are true, Zillow is also going to become synonymous with basically selling your house hassle-free. If you're not able to offer the same value that Zillow does, and if all you're doing is what you've been doing, you're, how are you going to win? How are you going to compete? doesn't make any sense, does it? So we just gave you the path forward. Please take this seriously, guys. And here's the other thing I'll tell you, for sure. And I know some of you, especially, frankly, the new ones, new agents or inexperienced agents, you guys have not had enough transactions to realize what I'm about to say is true. But there will always be a need for a caring, competent professional in the middle of anything that causes people stress. So real estate agents becoming irrelevant or Zillow ever being able to get real, real estate agents like they did travel agents, it'll never happen. And the reason is, is because booking a travel, uh, booking a plane ticket is not the same emotionally as purchasing a house, right? I mean, think about how different that experience it is. Think about how much more stressful it is just going through a real estate transaction versus, you know, deciding whether you want to go to Orlando or Miami. Right. You know, which hotel are you going to stay at? Okay, we're going to Miami, Julie. We're going to go to South Beach. Which hotel? Who gives us something. the best price? I yeah. mean, you can easily commoditize that. That is a fungible experience, but selling and buying real estate is not. And that's the reason agents will always be in the middle of the transaction. The question is, is whether you'll be in the middle the transaction. What is happening now is your competitors have an unfair advantage over you. You need to get that advantage back and please don't wait. We just gave you the path forward. Are you going to take it seriously? For those of you who like to text me, do so at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. And Julie and I do have a fun Sunday show. Julie, I found some really nerdy articles uh -oh. for our Sunday. Cool. Oh, yeah. I've been saving them all week. Awesome. I've got a few. You I beat me the last two Sundays. <laughs> I'm taking back my crown. You have to top the uh, the preserved dinosaur. Okay. I'll tell you about one of them. Ready? All right. Uh, there is a new, you know what DARPA is? Oh, remind me. Okay, I'm not going to remind no, you because I'll ruin my I Sunday show. But there's there's a new type of warhead that is supersonic. That's not only supersonic; it can change direction mid-flight. That's crazy. And there's, I mean, I, I suppose there are artist renders of what this thing looks like. It looks like an arrowhead. Huh. So it's it goes something like 25x the speed of sound or something insane. Wow. So so fast the human eye wouldn't even be able to see it as it flew over. Yikes. And and so what they're saying now is this thing is going to make nuclear weapons irrelevant because mm. if anyone launches nuclear weapons anywhere on planet Earth, it can zap them. It's going to take them out. That's awesome. So basically, this weapon that only the United States has, because evidently no other uh, countries have been trying to create supersonic warheads like this, huh. and evidently we have the huge advantage. Will essentially, we could that will hypothetically end the threat of nuclear war for everyone on planet Earth. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So more there, good news. And I'll give you more detail on that on Sunday. <laughs> but we like to talk about warning. Things that, yeah, we like to talk <laughs> about things that are completely unrelated to real estate on yeah. Sunday. So listen to that show. And in the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of me, it's 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show on Sunday. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. 
For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.